it's it's all terrible. Every day is is terrible. It takes a lot to get through a day, you know, with any sort of uh, easiness. There's an uneasiness, and it's you know obviously it, it's it's real. There's an impending sense of chaos and doom on a lot of levels, cultural level, social level, environmental level, and a disease level. People are just pissed off, feel powerlessness, and at the edge of it, you know, there is a crackling. There's an undoing. So how do we go on thinking everything's going to be okay, or at least even honoring the patterns that we, we've grown used to in our lives? Our guts have been splattered across the walls. We're flailing and we've been exploded, so to speak. There are eruptions everywhere. Wounds are not things to be cured all the time. Some wounds are portals, right? Access points to other ways of being and becoming grieving grief grief as as a becoming in itself i do think that everything's really bad and like things are getting worse and i feel an incredible amount of anger and hopelessness about things that feel inevitable mostly climate change but climate change incorporates a lot of other things that i worry about what the fuck can we do? i have a lot of grief for what we're doing to our world and to the future circumstantially in our planetary journey, things are a lot scarier and a lot more destructive now. We're landing ourselves in such a pickle as humans on this planet or as life on this planet. We are already seeing extinctions. We're already seeing the balance of who can thrive and who can't thrive in terms of the plant world radically shifted. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think that train has passed is sort of the sad news. I think my job is to leave some evidence for future generations that there was somebody who cared while we were destroying everything. Every, you know, every idea has failed us. Like, I, I, I'm saying, oh, my God, this whole Western project has failed us. But the great Eastern religions, they too are failing us. My own teacher's work that was so important to me, has I have failed. Every, like, we're in the wreckage of every failure, mm -hmm. and we're all complicit in the destruction of everything we love. And I find this somewhat ironic, but important to stress that all of my previous work and all of my previous longing was for systems-wide change. And I worked in very large systems, including the U.S. Army as the largest one, I think, and then the National Park Service. I mean, I could refer you to articles where I wrote and worked with it quite a lot, that if enough of these new forms were connected, we would emerge as a powerful system. It's too late. It's too late. We have to recognize the forces at play now. I've been sitting with this, with one of my mentors, 
this question I'm asking myself of what would I do if I accepted that the Anthropocene will not be stopped? What mm-hmm. would I do with mm-hmm. my life? Who would I be? How will I live in my in my body, in my spirit, if I'm not clinging on to the hope of solutions as a way to fix everything that's gone wrong? What if things can't be fixed in the way that I hope they could be? And I, I do struggle with feeling that there could be a type of deep connection on the other side of sitting in that. I struggle between that and then this this feeling of duty, this feeling of responsibility that I have to quote unquote fight or I have to quote unquote figure things out. I'm thinking about Australia and all of the humans and more than humans that are burning right now. And what do we do in the face of what feels like an apocalypse. Very often those journeys which we seek are also terrifying, and there's something potentially about accompaniment that sometimes, or in some people, actually lessens the terror, lessens the terror, and there's something about it that just allows being able to really tolerate what comes in a somewhat better way. I know I'm not alone. Imagine you were given a terminal diagnosis for some disease and the doctor comes into your hospital room and begins to tell you that this is the time to try a series of intensive surgeries and treatments. The doctor says that by doing this, you will survive and beat this thing. But you know deep down that this isn't true Not only that, everyone close to you can see what's really happening as well. In these circumstances, what is the more honorable and right thing to do? Exist in a state of denial about the finite quality of your life and believe that you can beat this thing, or instead accept that the time you have left is precious and that it is imperative to embody the knowledge of your death, to be present in that fact, and accept that grief is a facilitator for right action, whatever that may be. I ask myself, where are the places of sanctuary today? Where do we run to with the Anthropocene, you know, breathing down on us? And I think to myself that sanctuary is the place where we gain different shapes, where we lose shape, where we compost. And how do we do that? We do it by, by listening to our wounds, by sharing wounds, by sharing painful feelings. We do it by sitting with the trouble of being alive. The idea is emergent, and I'm leaning into it. It's to think about sanctuary as a pedagogy of kinship in urgent times. Sometimes I see the path we're on as having a ditch on either side that we could fall into, and one is paralysis, just shut down in fear, and the other is panic social hysteria, turn on each other. And learning to listen a little for either one calls you back. We're all being drawn into a question that 
none of us can answer individually. We could only answer together. And the way we are related to one another, the availability, our ability to be fully present at depth with one yeah. another. Yeah. It, it summons that from me. You know, how can I show up in the midst of this in a way that has true truth, meaning, value, that expresses my best virtues? Hmm. And, and if you're asking those questions with me, maybe somehow that encounter becomes at least less preposterous, less of an avoidance, not, a, not another game to play, to, you know, avoid. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Hello, darlings. This is Heidi, and welcome to Heidi Makes a Podcast, Podcast, Podcast. The ridiculously named show where I try to figure out how to make a podcast. Today's episode is a wild experiment, and I, I'm going to just try to let it speak for itself. Hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. 